Hello and welcome to the Midgley's Podcast, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's current affairs talk show focusing on Central Asia. I'm Bruce Paneer, host of the Midgley's and author of the Central Asia and Focus newsletter. We were just talking a few weeks ago on the Midgley's Podcast about the problems some Kyrgyz media, independent media outlets are facing. The situation has become worse. Late February 9th, a Bishkek court ordered the Kluk media outlet closed after hearing testimony from state-appointed, quote, experts, unquote, that the outlet's reporting was causing psychological and moral harm to the population. Also, there are draft laws, one on media and one on so-called non-commercial organizations, which has also been dubbed the uh, foreign representatives law, and, and both very much are similar to uh, laws in Russia that have crushed the media outlet. Are, but both those laws are still being debated in Kyrgyzstan. And although they were put off recently, during, actually during this last week, they are still out there and they spell bad times for the media if they are passed. So to discuss all this, I am joined by Gulnaza Saeed, the Europe and Central Asia Coordinator for the Committee to Protect Journalists, and Muzaffar Suleymanov, Program Officer in the Europe, Eurasia Department at the Swedish-based organization Civil Rights Defenders. So thank you both for joining me. Gulnaza, I'd like to start with you and Klopp. Kind of, I mean, we could kind of see that this is the way it was headed, but are you surprised by uh, the outcome of the trial, especially given the evidence that the that the court determined um, was sufficient to close down, order the media outlet closed down? You know, Bruce, I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I was really surprised and appalled by the so-called expert opinions expressed during the hearing and by the whole procedure that was a farce, and it was clear from the start that the authorities' intention was to close Klopp. Klopp is one of the most prominent investigative uh, reporting projects in Kyrgyzstan, and the authorities have tried to close it or to limit its reporting for quite some time. The same has been happening to Tamir of Life, and I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, a bit uh, later. But as I say, nothing surprising, uh, and uh, Klopp is reporting that there are uh, fewer uh, visitors to its website uh, because now it's blocked, and uh, a lot of people have to go to their social media accounts for the information that is so important and uh, so needed in Kyrgyzstan because Klopp along with Temir of Life, uh, have been doing uh, investigations into the highest level uh, government corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, Musafar, I'd like to get your opinion on Klopp too. I mean, you know, you, you've read and uh, or seen some of the evidence that was presented to close it down. It's certainly a chilling message for all media outlets in Kyrgyzstan, isn't it? I mean, one of the experts actually said that that she thought that, that all media was harmful to people. Well, if, if you're going to accept that as an argument, then all media is a potential victim. Hi, and uh, first of all, thank you, Bruce, for inviting me to the podcast. And hi, Gunnosa, good to hear you. Regarding the developments in Kyrgyzstan and uh, the club media trial and all the and the attacks against uh, t- uh, news website 24KG and Tamir of Life, I hope we're going to discuss it as well. The verdict to me, and I did try to listen to the video of the trial, uh, thanks to club for posting this online. To me, it's it, it's not surprising. They've been going after Klopp for quite a while, uh, as Gulnoza uh, right, uh, rightfully pointed out. To me, the that uh, what's remarkable is that it's it's actually the verdict to the judicial system in uh, Kyrgyzstan. 
Obviously, we knew and we do remember from the case of Azim John Askarov, human rights defender and a journalist who was first imprisoned to life and then uh, de- denied justice and eventually he he died in jail or he was killed in jail by the state. We saw from, from his case that the judicial system is extremely flawed in Kyrgyzstan when it comes to uh, prosecuting critics and human rights defenders. And the Klopp trial actually confirmed that. I, the, when I started watching the trial today, I was amazed by how that ex, so-called expert, uh, I think her last name is Karayova, she was, uh, when Klopp lawyers were pressing her to present statistics, methodology of, of her research and statistics, because the accusation of the state was that, and, and the experts was that they've seen a number of people having uh, mental health issues, and that the number of people was progressing, and thank, and that's because of the club. And when the lawyer was asking, so do you have any statistics? Do you have any numbers to compare to? She openly stated, no, I don't. And in any other courtroom where the judges are independent, that alone would be enough to shut down and completely break the, uh, the prosecution, shut down the, the, the complete trial and uh, let uh, club go. But no, they they accepted it, Des- despite that the expert, the so-called expert, is saying we don't have the statistics to prove that actually what we're saying is correct, and that another an, another expert was saying that in a secular state there should be no no yeah that, that there should be no uh, questioning of the authorities. It's another nonsense, but. The, curiously, it's that specific nonsense coincided, I think, with what Japarov, President Japarov of Kyrgyzstan, said in, a, uh, in his own interview to Kabar, to state agency Kabar. I think uh, it, it was published and then uh, removed from the quote, where he was saying also that something along the lines that media and human rights defenders are encouraging critical skills uh, critical thinking of Kyrgyz people, and this should not be acceptable, or something like that. I don't remember exact quote. I have it somewhere. But those two saying, an expert and then the president saying that the, crit- uh, the criticism of the state and critical skills should not be endorsed, it's such a bizarre statement, and it's such a bizarre, it's like it's a bizarre diagnosis for the state, which is saying that we are not accepting any criticism. And this is absolutely unacceptable for, for any country that wants to say that, yes, we're democratic and, yes, we're uh, law-abiding. That's my two cents. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, Gulnaza, let's, let's continue with this. Though. I'm curious because, you know, you're a, a media rights organization or you work for a media rights organization. The fact that this verdict, it, you know, we've seen media outlets close down for tax problems or, or you know, liable or something like that. But this was... They, they seem to have been guilty of psychologically hurting the people somehow, uh, the, the verdict. And, and, you know, just that, that phrasing of the sentences, this is why we're going to close you down. That must be very concerning, I'm thinking. It, it is very concerning. Uh, and it's not just psychological disorders, Bruce. Uh, it's sexual anomalies. It's drug addiction. It's suicidal disposition among people in Kyrgyzstan who read the clock materials. So it's 
basically all the societal problems that the authorities blamed on Klopp in this situation, which is, of course, ridiculous, but also very concerning because uh, it reminds me of the Soviet practices. And Kyrgyzstan and the Kyrgyz people usually say that the the freedom of expression is in their DNA. Uh, They defend their right to say everything freely. And I agree with Muzaffar that uh, the, the country that wants to be democratic and that says that freedom of expression is in their DNA uh, should not be having trials, uh, farcical trials uh, like these. And uh, there should be an understanding that media outlets exist because they want to uh, keep those in power accountable and Unless the authorities have something to hide, they should not try to limit journalists' work. And this is exactly the biggest problem here in Kyrgyzstan because a lot of those investigations by Klopp and Timir of Life, they uncover uh, official corruption. They uncover the corrupt ties of the highest level government officials, including President Japarov. And this trial was nothing, just a pretext in a long, relatively short, but uh, multiple step battle of the authorities aimed at closing uh, club. Nothing else. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, and I'd like to, we, we should, we need to talk about some of the other media outlets too. Um, so Gulnaz, I'll let you start with this. What about Tamirov Live? Where are we? There's 11 of their current and former journalists detained for a month now. Uh, where's that case at? Yes, 11 current and former uh, staff members of Temirov Life are currently in detention. Their uh, detention has been uh, extended, or I would say their appeals uh, were rejected, so they remain in detention. Uh, and uh, as I said earlier, Temirov Life is another uh, very prominent investigative reporting project in Kyrgyzstan that has also been reporting on a very high-level government corruption. I wanted to point out the importance of these Bruce because Kyrgyzstan is practically the only country in Central Asia where there are local journalists, local media outlets, locally funded media outlets that are not afraid of crossing the what is the red line in other countries and going after presidents, going after heads of the security services and uh, government ministers and so on uh, and so forth. And their corrupt deals and their uh, family members uh, and so on and so forth. And this is what makes Kyrgyzstan different from its uh, authoritarian neighbors. Uh, Kyrgyzstan has always been much freer uh, comparing to other countries in Central Asia. And Temirov life with its head, uh, Bolot Temirov, have been doing that important work. Uh, And the authorities started persecuting uh, Bolot Temirov and uh, Temirov life uh, a couple of years ago when they brought false charges against him, fabricated charges, and then they even expelled him from the country, putting him on a plane to Russia, although he is a Kyrgyzstan-born 
person. They said he had no right to remain in Kyrgyzstan. So eventually he uh, left Russia and found refuge elsewhere in Europe and has to run his project from uh, exile. Uh, that's already a very hard plight for someone who was doing a job important for the Kyrgyzstan public. And uh, with the detention of 11 people, including those who used to work for the media outlet, again, the Kyrgyz authorities sent a very clear signal that they don't want any uh, independent reporting, especially reporting on alleged corruption. And I wanted to reiterate the call of uh, CPJ, the Committee to Protect Journalists, that the Kyrgyz authorities should release all those in detention and allow Temirov Life and also Klopp uh, reporters to work freely. Okay, thank you. Uh, Muzaffar, I want to hear your opinion on this also. Yes, uh, my opinion is I fully agree with what Gulnoza said. It's uh, the government going against critics. The government is going against Klopp right after uh, Klopp reported on that football club or football school that uh, Japarov's family or associates built with Barcelona or whatever UFC or something like that. And uh, at the same time, government is going after Matraimov, whose dealings Klopp actually was the one to unveil and to present to the public. So it's kind of uh, you are trying to kill someone who is telling you the truth about the state of events in your own country. That's what the government is doing. They're going against the people who are uh, uncovering corruption, who are uncovering, uh, who are reporting on uh, abuses happening across the country. By and uh, it, It's not only just Klopp, it's not only Timir Fly. It was you guys, RFERL, who uh, Radio Zatik, who had problems as well as as you remember after reporting on the conflict in the, in the Batken region in September 2021 i believe then yes it was the planting of drugs for Bolot and then uh, a secret stripping of his uh, Kyrgyzstan Kyrgyz citizenship while he was in jail and that despite the fact that he presented his birth certificate to the court saying that i was born in Kyrgyzstan how can you deny me my Kyrgyz citizenship and how can you say that I faked my documents while uh, getting the passport? And then he was removed and now his wife is in jail and uh, there were reports coming from him that authorities also confiscated the birth certificate of their son, uh, taking the, the kid hostage. That's, that's absolutely terrible to hear uh, of, of these news, of these developments. And actually, I'm looking at the date today on my computer. It was exactly a month ago today that Timirov Live uh, journalists were detained. It was on January 16th uh, of this year that they were raided and taken first as uh, suspects in the case and then uh, held as witnesses. Uh, no, they, they were detained as witnesses in the case. And then it was uh, their status was changed into the suspects. And uh, also on January 15, the day before, I have to remind of the of the raid against uh, by GKNB, National uh, Security Service, against 24KG newsroom uh, and detention of uh, of its director and two editors. Uh, and uh, as as you remember, the journalist lawyers were not allowed to be present uh, during the raid. The KGB agents denied denied their entry. 
And uh, they confiscated everything from the newsroom, uh, including the pers personal belongings of the journalists, including personal phones and laptops. And they, they have sealed the newsroom. And sorry that I'm jumping into another case that we haven't discussed yet, but that's, I think it's related development to everything that's been going on uh, in, in Kyrgyzstan uh, just recently. That uh, as far as I know, uh, the newsroom of 24KG is still sealed. The, the equipment has not been returned. Uh, and when I reached out to them to, to check what, what else is going on, they, they said that the authorities are pressing against their, do uh, against, uh, their sponsors, against those who are placing uh, ads on the website and uh, pressuring them to, to cancel their advertising contracts. And they, they are basically suppressing and killing uh, new, the newsroom 24KG by economic means, by financial means, by leaving them without access to funding. And that's another troubling development that we're seeing in Kyrgyzstan. No, and thank you, because I, I definitely, 24KG was what I wanted to bring up, and I, I'm going to ask uh, Yugo Naza about that too. The, the web outlet is still officially closed, so they're still working uh, at the moment. The charges against them are... Uh, they're over their coverage of, of Russia's Russia's invasion of Ukraine, right? So this this isn't even a charge that has anything to do with anything domestic politics in Kyrgyzstan. That's so true. The authorities uh, in many Central Asian countries have been on the lookout for the coverage of the conflict, uh, and even the Russian authorities have been on the lookout trying to block certain content on the websites of news outlets from. Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan uh, until now. But 24KG uh, and the charges and the article, uh, it's definitely pretends to close down the media outlet because otherwise they would go, uh, they, they wouldn't go with such harsh uh, means uh, as, as uh, you know, to cause them financial troubles, as Muzaffar said. And uh, what uh, Asel uh, Otarbaeva from 24KG said herself is that she feels she is deprived of her profession, uh, not just the livelihood, because uh, journalism is also a profession. It's uh, a job. It's a source of income. And people who work in journalism should be able to earn income and bring bread uh, to their families. Uh, and uh, this is what uh, 24KG uh, staff are not able to do anymore because they don't even have their phones to continue working. And uh, if they don't meet their as Muzaffar said, obligations uh, before uh, their sponsors and such, they're going to uh, go into a bigger uh, trouble with finances. And this is a punitive measure to silence this media outlet. And in general, you know, Bruce, I was uh, thinking as uh, we uh, go from one media outlet in trouble to the next uh, in Kyrgyzstan, uh, Radio Azate, Club, Temir of Life, 24KG. I don't think I've ever come to participate in your podcast speaking about press freedom in Kyrgyzstan with such an extensive list of incidents and very serious incidents too. Because right now we can say that with the unprecedented number of journalists in detention, with 
prosecution of other uh, media outlets, uh, shuttering and blocking websites, and the new legislations uh, that are being discussed and uh, that are also aimed to limiting press freedom even more, I think Kyrgyzstan is on a a definite path to becoming a very authoritarian, closed society where press freedom and freedom of expression is not tolerated at all. And that's the most concerning of everything we're discussing here. No, thank you. And a reminder, we're talking about the growing problems for independent media outlets in Kyrgyzstan. And my guests are Muzaffar Suleymanov, Program Officer in the Eurasia Department at the Swedish-based organization Civil Rights Defenders, and Golnaza Said, the Europe and Central Asia Coordinator for the Committee to Protect Journalists. Um, Muzaffar, let's let's talk about these laws that are on the that are still making their way around and come back to Parliament, back and forth. You're your organization, along with several others, just released a statement uh, addressed to the European Union that had to deal with the law on um, non, what they say non-commercial organizations. Everyone compares it to Russia's law on foreign agents. It, it did make it into parliament, but it was sent back for revisions. All the same, it's still there. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and what was in your statement to European officials? Yes. Uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, we... And, uh, a coalition of different uh, human rights organizations have been, we've been tracking what's going on in Kyrgyzstan. And these laws, they are extremely concerning because of their uh, their comparison to Russian legislation. And as per uh, Kyrgyzstani human rights defenders and journalists who who looked into those laws and uh, the, the laws on, uh, Japarov corrected Blinken in, in the message. It's in, in his reply to him saying that it's not a law, it's an amendment to existing Kyrgyzstani legislation. The, the laws on non-commercial organizations and also the mass media laws, uh, they're extremely troubling because they're A, stigmatizing human rights defenders and government critics uh, by calling them foreign representatives. Uh, they are extremely troubling because they're creating that specific, uh, that Russia-style registry of uh, foreign representatives. Uh, And they're putting a lot of demands on reporting. They're putting a lot of demands on access to funding. They are demanding that uh, the organizations who receive foreign funds and who engage into normal political activity, simply discussing any kind of legislation, simply participating in the parliamentary hearings on those specific laws or anything else, if that organization receives funding or any any other assistance, meaning if they receive computers, pens, or whatever else they need to, to do their work in Kyrgyzstan, that the receiving of such aid and, and engagement into what's normal political activity uh, but yet, uh, in Kyrgyzstan, it, in, uh, according to that legislation, is basically called uh, what they're referring to as lobbying is uh, is banned, or like you you have to label yourself as uh, as a foreign representative, and then you have to uh, provide reporting, extensive reporting to the authorities. You have to register as a foreign representative, and you also have to let the authorities to. To, to randomly come and uh, participate in whatever projects you are implementing. And there was one other uh, 
extremely uh, troubling moment in that legislation uh, uh, on uh, non-commercial organizations was that uh, they introduced criminal penalty. Uh, First, it was up to 10 years, but then after there was an outcry domestically and also from us, the internationals, they reduced it uh, to up to five years. The imprisonment for those members of uh, local NGO community uh, who, uh, whose NGOs are found of uh, also, there was something about uh, in, in, incitement to, pub, uh, to, disobe- to civic disobedience and causing, and causing uh, harm to the people and to the authorities. It's extremely vague, vague and, uh, and so broad that uh, it, it could be used against anyone. Yeah, can I jump in here? Can I jump in here for just a second? I want to read off your statement since you're on that point right now. That if you're found guilty of conducting activities that cause significant harm to citizens' rights, society, or to the state, or that induce citizens to refuse to perform civic or official duties, right? So you're right. That that's pretty big stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, just to remind, Japarov and uh, President Japarov and, Tash- and uh, head of GKMB Tashiev. They themselves stormed the parliament, which they deleted from their bios, and they, they were sentenced to uh, like for for doing that. But that was their own civic disobedience, ex- expression of civic disobedience. It might have been extreme, since uh, according to some reports, uh, there were some guns as well involved. And uh, but those are acts of civic disobedience. You you are. According to Kyrgyzstan's own constitution, according to Kyrgyzstan's uh, obligations under uh, International Covenant for Civic, uh, Civil and Political Rights, people are allowed to protest. People are allowed to express their own opinions, if the, uh, whether you like it or not. It says It's said in the constitution, it's said in international documents that Kyrgyzstan has ratified, but those same Human rights and civic freedoms, is that what the government is trying to deny to the people? And they will do so if they uh, sign the legislation. And the, the problem there also is with, with that law and also with the law on mass media, which I hope we're going to have, uh, we'll have time to discuss, is that it's uh, the demand for re-registration means that it's, it's going to be the government who's going to be issuing a license to you. And if you're a critic then there, there is always a chance that the, the government is going to find something, uh, some kind of technical mistakes in, in your application that they're going to say that, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, we're going to deny you a license to, uh, to act. So uh, all, all of that was extremely troubling. And we actually raised, uh, raised that in, in, in the joint letter to the European Union, to the European Commission, because all our calls previously to Kyrgyzstani parliament, and we did issue a number of statements before, in which we asked to please reverse your course, please stop, please don't do that. What the government should be doing is sitting down with the human rights community, with the media community, with the civic activism, and discussing. Because those are the people whom you are affecting by your legislation. And if the people are against it, maybe you need to find a way to how to, to find a compromise. And also you need to consult with the, your human rights experts specifically so when uh, 
you have international human rights bodies who are raising alarm about the legislation that you're going to pass. And uh, there you had uh, several UN uh, special rapporteurs who raised alarm about the legislation. You had OSC, uh, Office of uh, Democratic Institutions and Human Rights, raising alarm. You had the uh, OEC representative for, for the freedom of the media who said that media is also going to be affected if you adopt these laws. Everybody is saying this is not right. Please stop. Please uh, turn around and uh, don't 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 bring up this uh, legislation. Don't don't uh, don't pass this legislation. And since Kyrgyzstan is wants to partner with the European Union, since Kyrgyzstan wants access to European markets and uh, benefit from trade agreements, we called on the, the EU to to ask. We and other organizations called on the EU to ask to 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 raise alarm to notify that a Kyrgyzstan did not uh, is not complying with those uh, human rights conventions that it's ratified, and those are obligatory. It's not just a ratification of the. Uh, those conventions that's obligatory under GSP+, it's also, you have to implement them. And if you don't implement them, then you're not playing by the rules, uh, by the rules that you signed. And uh, you should be denied access. There should be price to that. There should be sanctions. If you are if you're suppressing uh, freedom of expression, if you are suppressing freedom of assembly and association, well, there should be a price to pay for that. And that's what we conveyed in the message to the European Union. And that's also, that's why we also uh, made that uh, letter available to the, to the media so that Kyrgyzstani policymakers, they understand, they, they read it and they understand the consequences. Sorry if it was too, no, too broad. Good. No, thank you. No, that, that, that certainly gives, gives a ample a plenty of ground here for Gulnaza's comments. Gulnaza, if you could, let's start with, uh, the, the foreign foreign representative law, and then we'll, we will finish with the media. But we'll, I want to get your take on that. The, the foreign representative law, what does it mean? What, what is uh, the CPJ view of that? We've been critical of these amendment or of this legislation from the start as well. And as Muzaffar pointed out, uh, there is quite a lot of awareness by now about the negative impact of this uh, law on civil society and media outlets. Because as he pointed out, from UN High Commissioner on Human Rights to UN Special Rapporteurs to the US uh, Secretary of State, Blinken, uh, to OSC, EU, uh, and organizations like CPJ uh, ha- have been criticizing uh, the uh, bill and calling on the Kyrgyz authorities not to adopt it. One important aspect of this bill, uh, Bruce, is that it says uh, foreign representatives, uh, by which it means NGOs funded from abroad, and the uh, it, it doesn't necessarily speak about media outlets, but the practice in Kyrgyzstan has been that uh, a lot of media outlets are registered as NGOs, uh, including CLOP, and uh, they have these uh, media outlet component of their activities or they operate as a media outlet, that, but they may be registered as an NGO. And this is something that's important to understand because oftentimes what we hear from uh, the uh, Kyrgyz officials is that, no, we're not trying to target media outlets. Uh, 
because the law is about NGOs. And the good thing also about Kyrgyzstan is that the civil society organizations have been very active in criticizing, in trying to convince the authorities to change. But I still think it is the uh, foreign pressure put on Kyrgyzstan that now made some of those who have been behind this uh, bill to think about potentially uh, removing the criminal uh, clause which, of course, would be significant. And uh, uh, it already, you know, there there have been some rumors, there have been some conversations, and that's why uh, there has been a a slight uh, optimism uh, in Kyrgyzstan that it may happen. But uh, overall, this bill, along with the new media bill, are very regressive uh, for Kyrgyzstan and will eventually limit press freedom, and we're concerned about uh, both, uh, both bills. Okay, thank you. And, and I have a follow-up for you. We'll get it, let's get into the bill, uh, draft law and media. That was actually uh, rejected by the Parliament's Constitutional Committee. It doesn't mean it's over, because this is just one of the of several committees that have to look at it. But anyway, it's halted for a moment. Uh, but if you can talk a little bit more about the proposed law or amendments to the law on media. Uh, you've mentioned some of that stuff. We haven't seen the end of this, I'm sure, right? Yeah, it's uh, awaiting a second uh, reading in Jogor Kuykenesh uh, in the Kyrgyz parliament, uh, still in committee stage. Uh, it's also supported by the presidential administration and uh, the head of the uh, presidential administration's legal affairs, uh, Marat Ukushev, uh, wrote a number of op-eds and advocated, uh, in- interestingly, Bruce, uh, turning away from European democracy in favor of Asian democracy, quote-unquote. And by Asian democracy, usually they mean uh, significant restrictions on freedom of speech uh, in favor of economic uh, uh, development. And Singapore is... Usually an example they they want to give, and uh, I've seen these in multiple Central Asian countries, namely Uzbekistan as well. And main issues in uh, this law is that it requires requires registration of internet media, which is uh, not in practice based on the current law uh, adopted in 1992, uh, and that will open the door for the rejection of registrations of critical media, uh, which are online media. And these registration requirements have been slightly increased and in some cases are vague, uh, again, opening the door for abuse. Uh, Another concern that we have is that courts can suspend media for undefined periods for any violations of uh, laws in Kyrgyzstan and can shutter media for repeat violation. Uh, of the media law after the authorities have already issued a warning. And this includes uh, for a whole series of abuses of freedom of speech, including violating privacy, harming public morality, and so on and so forth. In, in fact, courts can already shutter media for alleged violations of the media law, as it happened with Azatik local service of RFERL. But the warning system suggests that these may be used more widely and will almost certainly be used as a tool to promote self-censorship. Media will be very careful with 
uh, w- w- you know, after receiving the first warning, they, they are going to be very careful about reporting further on sensitive issues. And uh, there are many other issues with the law, such as allowing all state and mu- municipal organizations to issue and revoke separate accreditation, uh, which also may lead to self-censorship. By the way, CLOP put this uh, media law draft through a plagiarism checker and found that the draft was uh, 83% identical to Russia's media law, uh, nine, uh, 95% identical if you ignore minor changes. So here we see where uh, Kyrgyzstan is headed. And let me tell you this, Russia is not the example that Kyrgyzstan should follow. No, thank you. Thank you. I agree. Um, Muzaffar, I, I want to get your opinion too on the media, the draft law on media. Uh, well, fully agree with what Gulnoza said. Uh, it's uh, it's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible that Russia, uh, that uh, Kyrgyzstan is taking Russia as an example to follow, both uh, in terms of uh, the media law and the law on the the NGOs, uh, which they want to brand as uh, foreign representatives. It's it's really terrible. It's really sad to see. uh, And I've been working focused. uh, I've been working human rights focused on Central Asia for more than 15 years now. uh, And previously with with CPJ. And just looking back at what Kyrgyzstan had and what, uh, what Kyrgyzstan has now and where Kyrgyzstan is heading, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely terrible that uh, the government is going that way. It's absolutely terrible to see that in, instead of actually fostering their image of an island of democracy, which used to exist in the in the early two thousands, and they were so proud of it that we are an island of democracy. Kyrgyzstan is going chose for itself the worst path possible going, uh, b- borrowing the legislation from the country, which is an aggressor state right now and which uh, has pretty much annihilated uh, human rights and uh, me- in the independent media community. It's, it's not the path to follow. Absolutely not. The, the government, the Kyrgyz government should, should understand that, A, we... we it doesn't make me happy to sit down and write those statements about Kyrgyzstan. I don't want to do that. I, I, I would love to see that region and uh, that country actually having much less problems that they see, they have right now, that they choose a different path to becoming a law-abiding and human rights-protecting nation. And I, I'm sure that my colleagues from any other organizations and Gulnoza and you, Bruce, who know that region, who care about that region, would agree with me that it doesn't make us any pleasure to write all these uh, statements and criticize the government for doing so. Yet we are doing it so that the government stands by it, their commitments, that they implement the laws under which they themselves can live. If the government wants to uh, brand recipients of foreign assistance, be that media or human rights organizations, as foreign agents, foreign representatives, if they want to deny them license, 
why should they be accepting foreign assistance from those same donors? Uh, Kyrgyzstan is uh, working and receiving uh, assistance from European Commission. Kyrgyzstan is receiving funding from the State Department and from USAID. So if the government is the biggest recipient of foreign aid, why aren't you branding yourself as a foreign agent? Because you are actually receiving millions of Historically, you received millions of dollars from uh, different funds, not only from the West, but also from Russia, from China, from the Middle East. Yet you're punishing those who are reporting on corruption. Yet you're punishing those who are reporting on uh, human rights abuses. Why? I agree. We're, uh, we're coming to the end, but I want to give you both a chance to make a last comment. Um, and I'll start with you, Golnaza, but both, uh, you, I want you both to consider in your last comment. Golnaza, you mentioned that U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken had sent a letter to Japarov, and Japarov replied, uh, Blinken had expressed concerns about what we were just talking about, this law on foreign agents that might hurt uh, foreign partners from wanting to, to come up and come into Kyrgyzstan and invest in the country or help them with projects. Japarov replied that he considered that uh, Blinken's letter, uh, Interference. There are certainly parts of the letter, Interference in the Internal Affairs of Kyrgyzstan. With that as the background, with Klop having been shut down essentially for making people depressed or, or corrupting their morals or something in some way, what this seems to be the, the line for the government. Is there any hope of now of avoiding? Uh, do you see any hope of avoiding the media law being passed and the foreign agents law being passed? You know, Bruce, I was... Well, as um, Muzaffar said earlier, uh, I've been following the region, particularly Kyrgyzstan, for many years now, uh, even before I joined CPJ and I worked in Kyrgyzstan, reported from there, as you know. I love the country and the people uh, very much, and I like how active they stay in trying to protect their rights. And the government, uh, the authorities have been giving a lot of trouble to the Kyrgyz people that are totally unnecessary, uh, as Muzaffar pointed out, because this uh, fighting against club or Timur of Life or 24KG is not something that the authorities should be uh, busy with. Uh, and Japarov responding to Blinken's letter by basically saying, uh, stay away, this is none of your business, uh, this is our uh, internal affairs, uh, sends a signal that he is determined to continue uh, the path of suppressing uh, freedom of expression and media freedom and uh, fighting uh, against uh, human rights defenders and independent journalists. And this is a very sad situation, especially if you uh, know uh, the, the past of Kyrgyzstan where there was a lot of uh, freedom of speech. And I do believe that uh, the freedom of speech is in the DNA of the Kyrgyz people, and I hope that will sustain further. But it's it, it has been becoming very difficult for journalists to write uh, to fight for their right to report on the issues that are important for the Kyrgyz public. And uh, we at CPJ are going to continue to call on the Kyrgyz authorities, first of all, to right the, 
the wrong, uh, release all journalists from detention, uh, unblock uh, blocked websites, and uh, allow all media outlets to report freely. We will also continue raising awareness about uh, the press freedom environment in Kyrgyzstan uh, in various platforms from the U.S. State Department and the Congress to the EU and all other parties. And uh, I hope that all together we will be able to change the situation to the better. Okay, thank you. Muzaffar, last word to you. Yes, thank you. Uh, again, I agree with Gulnoza. We will be advocating for uh, the changes for liberalization uh, of, uh, of existing laws. And aside of that, there's, there are also other laws. As you remember, last year they signed the Russia-style gay propaganda law. Uh, which is also extremely troubling uh, in terms of human rights uh, obligations of Kyrgyzstan. We will also be calling for the release of all the... We will continue uh, calling for the release of imprisoned, not only journalists, but also uh, political activists. We we did not uh, discuss... There is also a case of... There's still people detained under Kempirabad case. The critics who formed the committee uh, to protest the government decision to give the Kyrgyzstan-based reservoir and its lands, surrounding lands, fertile lands, to Uzbekistan. And the next day they were, they were, they were all jailed. And a bunch of the males are still jailed and uh, uh, held in detention in, in Kyrgyzstan, which, is, which violates a lot of, uh, of, of their the rights to freedom of expression and freedom of association. We will be calling for all of that. But going to... Uh, a quick comment about Japarov's reply to Anthony Blinken. A, I would recommend President Japarov, and that's my personal, that's not from civil rights defenders, but it's my personal opinion, that he should fire whoever wrote that reply because it talks about, like, it shows him as being ignorant about uh, the foreign agent legislation in, in the U.S. Japarov should be well aware of the First Amendment uh, of the, uh, to the U.S. Constitution, which, sa- which says... Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibition the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right to the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This is the First Amendment, and that's what is different in the U.S., and that's what Kyrgyzstan should be having on their books as well, that we respect freedom of the press, we respect freedom of religion, we respect freedom of association. Yet, Japarov's letter is saying that, oh no, we're acting the way you do. You're not. Kyrgyzstan's parliament is actually adopting those specific laws that are going to limit those freedoms. And then also, if, if comparing uh, Kyrgyzstan to, to the US, which Japarov was doing in his uh, reply... U.S. doesn't hold any journalists in jail in retaliation for their work, as far as I know. The U.S. doesn't have uh, political activists in jail uh, who stage some kind of protests. You've seen a lot of videos where pro-Palestine activists have been standing up uh, wherever uh, President Biden would show up, and they would disrupt his speech. In Kyrgyzstan, they would have been jailed immediately. They walked free in, in the U.S., as far as I understand. Because in the U.S. It's a, it's a law-abiding country. Yes, it has its own flaws, but Kyrgyzstan should be striving for better. And he should know for better that 
before uh, signing that letter to, to President Japar. And then on which note I would like to end my, my, my statement is that there is still time. The law has not been approved, has not, like, neither of the laws have been uh, approved by the, by, by the whole parliament. It didn't come to the desk of President Japarov. There is still time to change mind about all of this. There is still time to understand that democracy, freedom of speech, rule of law, respect of human rights are actually better for Kyrgyzstan in the long run, not only uh, socially and politically, but also economically, that this is the way Kyrgyzstan should be going. And the worst case scenario, it should be President Japarov, who is the president of the country, should say no to these uh, proposed amendments, no to this proposed legislation, and veto them all. That's that's where I would... Uh, I would like to end the talk. And obviously, yes, what uh, what Gulnoza said and what I said earlier, also the release of all the uh, wrongfully imprisoned journalists and activists. Great, thank you. And that's a perfect way to end this program. Uh, I'm sure we will be back to this topic, hopefully with better news than we've received late, recently, but uh, um, certainly things are still in play in Kyrgyzstan. So I'd like to say thanks to uh, Gulnoza and Muzapar for being on the program. Big thank you, as always, to Nathan Shoemaker, our Medjelis podcast producer in Washington, D.C. And a reminder, you can subscribe to the Medjelis podcast or the Central Asia and Focus newsletter by visiting Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's website at rfarl.org. Thanks, and we'll be back again soon. Bye-bye.